Welcome to the Heart of the Father podcast. We're glad you're here and able to listen in. We're praying the Lord will speak to your heart through this message and that you be transformed more and more into the image of Christ. Well, I'm going to give you the abbreviated version this morning. I love the enthusiasm in the room. I love the freedom. You know, freedom is, is, is about God. It's not about the devil. He never freed anybody. He chained some of us in the room in the past. He shackled us. He tied us. He restrained us. He held us back. He messed up our lives. When it comes to worship and freedom, we celebrate Jesus and what he's done for us. And today, we sang the song, Oh, I Want Jesus. Jesus. So I want to talk to you about that want. If I had a title to this message, I would title it this way. Your level of hunger determines his level of presence. You've often heard me say there's your part and there's God's part. Well, God didn't come through for me yet. Don't worry about his part. He'll do that. You worry about your part. Your part is to be hungry for him. When we think of the word hunger, it's a compelling need. It's a strong desire. It's a craving. It's a a longing or a yearning because of an emptiness or a void. Many times we think of this word only in the terms of food. And I know we're getting close to lunch. Don't look at your watch. Just swallow real hard. But it's more than food. Hunger. There's needs, and I'm not, we all have needs. I'm not denying anybody about their need or thinking that it's insignificant. But I want to talk about the level of hunger that you have for him or the lack thereof, maybe. I'm not talking about great worship. Although I thank God that we have that. Some of the people think that, oh, well, you know, worship's just awesome. We're just hungry. No, I'm not talking about that. It is awesome, but I'm not talking about that. I'm not just talking about prophecy, although we have prophecy, and I thank God for that. I'm not just talking about hunger and great relationships or covenant community, which is what we talk about around here where we do life with people. Not talking about that, but I thank God for that. Not just talking about helping people, although there are needs and we need to help people. I'm not only talking about his presence in here or in our services, but rather I'm talking about his presence in here personally that you need to have for him. 
Very, very familiar passage of Scripture. I've never looked at it this way, but I want to today, and then Barry will straighten me out later for not preaching it the right way. (laughs) Mark chapter 5. We all know it. Don't tune me out because we know it. There might be something there for you. And there was a large crowd that followed Jesus and pushed very close around him. Pay attention. Pushed very close around him. And among them was a woman who was bleeding for 12 years. 12 years. Not one month. Not a week. 12 years. And she suffered very much. Went to many doctors and spent all of her money But she didn't improve, she got worse. And when the woman heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd. Remember the crowd that was real close to him. And touched his cloak, his garment. And she said and thought in her mind, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Verse 29 of Mark 5. Instantly the bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed from her disease. At once, Jesus felt the power go out of him, and so he turned around to the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said this, Look at how many people are pushing against you. And yet you ask, who touched me? Who touched me? I want to look at this passage and look at the level of hunger that was inside of this woman. Yes, she needed a miracle, but she knew that her answer came from touching Jesus. It came from Jesus. It wasn't in doctors. It wasn't in money. It wasn't even in duration because we'd already come to 12 years. But she wanted to be touched and healed by Jesus. I want to talk to you about your hunger. Your hunger. I want to encourage you to self-evaluate. See where your hunger for God is. You might have to say, ouch, when you look honestly and objectively and you ask the Holy Spirit to show you. Number one, she evaluated her hunger. We all have to do this. It's a requirement. It's a requirement. We identify what our hunger is, and then we decide what our priorities are. How much do we really want Jesus? You say, man, we, 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 just, we just celebrated and worshiped for an hour. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in here for you and for me. We're in a meeting yesterday, and Barry actually 
said these words. You've got to take a priority test. Not a pregnancy test. A priority <laughs> test. You say, I didn't know I'd come to church and have to take an exam. Well, let me just put out a couple questions on, that's on the priority test. Are you spending more time thinking about your situation than thinking about your God who's able to fix and solve your situation? What's consuming your mind? Probably whatever your priority is. God help us. I told you, you got to be objective. Can I give you one more question? I'm not, I won't give you all the questions, but. Can we still believe and tell others of God's healing power, even when your healing hasn't been manifested yet? Oh, I got to wait till I get healed. That doesn't change God's healing power. Not at all. Not at all. I think Barry said the other week that William Seymour preached about the infilling of the Holy Spirit before he had the infilling and spoke with tongues. Priority. Too many people are doing too many things that crowd him out from being priority. We allow too many things to go on. We spread ourselves too thin. A little of this and a little of that, but not much of anything. I don't know about you, but I got one life to live. I got one shot. And I'm gonna do everything within my power to do everything that God has for me, regardless, regardless. And sometimes it means you gotta pull back and you gotta focus so you don't spread yourself too thin. A little here and a little there, but yet you're not committed to anything. A woman needed Jesus to heal her infirmity. Where is he on your list of priorities? So, well, I'm saved. Well, I'm saved too, but that doesn't mean that he's at the top of my list. Amen. What do you hunger for? For God. Maybe, maybe it is a need. Maybe you want him to do something in your life. The solution isn't just that. The solution comes in making sure that he's at the top of everything that we do. That's when healing comes. That's when deliverance from addictions come. That's when we become more Christ-like. That's when we get rid of our anger. When he's the priority, we have more passion for God. We're able to be used more by God. We have more discipline in our life. Say, did you have to say that? God wants his children to be highly disciplined. 
Is that going to get you to heaven? No. But we've got to be a good representation of Jesus Christ in this earth while we're here. That's why we're trying to get Christ-like. What level of hunger do you have for him? Are you just a little hungry or are you starved? Are you desperate for him? In this passage, the woman was desperate, 12 years, suffered so much, seen so many doctors, spent all that she had and still got worse. But in spite of all of this, she still had faith that if she, if she could get to him and touch him, she would be healed. Because she said, if I can touch his clothes, I'll be healed. How would you and I respond to this situation that this woman was in? Would we be discouraged? Would we be hopeless? Would we walk away from God? You've heard me say, I know people who once served God and now have turned their back on God and they're mad at God because God didn't do this, 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 this. Or would we still have faith? Not just about our physical needs. We all have needs, but he's got to be the priority above all. Let me give you a few examples, and this first one's going to be quirky because people think that I'm quirky, and I'm not offended. I just think you're wrong. But if you're going to Publix to buy a head of cabbage, Can I tell you there's more than just cabbage in Publix? Okay? Can I tell you that? There's cabbage, but there's more. So Publix is actually more than a place that just sells cabbage. Yes, you can come to our marriage conference, but you actually need God to help you. And when you prioritize him in your marriage, he will. I'll do everything that I can. The other elders will do everything that we can, but you need God, period. Yes, you can come to us for spiritual advice in dealing with temptation, but when you prioritize God, he's the one that's going to help you overcome it. He's the one. In Matthew 6 was the chapter where we have the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus is talking about different priorities. He talks about the priority of forgiveness and how important that it is. And we're going to take communion here in just a few minutes. And I can tell you, we all need to forgive. Well, you don't know what they did to me. You're right. But that doesn't matter. The Bible says if you want your sins to be forgiven, then you forgive others. And we're not going to take this communion 
and hold unforgiveness. Let me tell you something. You don't want to do that. It will not be well with you. Let it go. Ask God to help you through that process of forgiveness and be right between you and God. Be right between you and God. So he, talk, he, he talks about the priority of forgiveness. He talks about the importance of fasting. He talks about money in Matthew 6. He talks about the evil eye and how it's, if, you're, if it, you've got an evil eye, your body is dark. And he says, you can't serve two masters. You can't prioritize two different things. This is why we have to prioritize God. In verse 32 and 33, the Father knows that you have these needs, but seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these other things will be added to you. We can't seek one or two things or these situations in our life. We need to seek God. You say, are you saying that God is Publix? He's got more than just one thing for you. He's got all of your answers. All of your solutions are all found in him. This is why we put him first. So we prioritize God. Secondly, she came close to Jesus. Came close. She came up behind him. She pressed in behind him and she touched his garment. She came close. She didn't just talk about her situation. She didn't just talk about God. She actually did something about it. She pressed in close. She took action. She actually lived her talk. How are you doing with living your talk? Well, they won't understand. Try it. Why don't you put some action to your words? Why don't you actually believe God to provide for you? Believe God to heal you. Believe God. Someone's listening to me. I don't know if it's over the internet or in the room. You actually have been beat up so much by the devil that you can't even hear straight that God is here to help you get through your situation. But you're going to have to come close. Some of you know who my mom is. She's a character. 40 years in Africa. She's tough. Here's what she used to tell me when I was a little kid. Now, Davy, Wait, I didn't, even, I didn't even say it yet. Come back, come back, come back, come back. Come on. She used to tell me, she said, it's not how close to the world you can give instead live and still be saved. It's how close to God you can get. Period. The closer we get to God, the more weak or the weaker 
the draw and the pull of the things of this world become. If you wrestle with temptation, can I urge you, get close to him. Get close to him. Are you living your talk? You and I must give ourselves completely to God. Every area to the point that we even deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow him. Uh Uh-oh. Well, that doesn't feel good. That's too hard. Grow up. He never said you wouldn't have any trials, but he said he'd be in them with you. If it was fire, he'd be there. If it was lack, he'd be your source. If it was forgiveness of sins, he'd forgive you. If it was salvation, he'd provide it for you. To the point that we deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow him. James 4 puts it this way. So give yourselves humbly to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Maybe that's what that temptation is. You're not resisting. You say you make it sound so easy. It's tough, but you got to decide who you're going to serve. I tell people all the time. If you ask the Holy Spirit to help you when you're tempted, you will overcome. But he's got to be priority. And draw close to God. If you draw close to him, he's going to draw close to you. If you don't draw close to God, you're going to be out in left field. And you're going to get slapped upside the head by the devil you're going to get beat up he's going to steal from you and he's not going to be satisfied until he's taken everything including your soul get close to God draw nigh to him let your hearts be filled with God alone and make your heart pure and true before him So we prioritize God, we come close to him, and then we touch him. Well, I'm waiting on him to touch me. No, you touch him. Well, I'll just just stand here, and if he wants to touch me, he can. No, you need to be hungry for him to touch you. Hunger must be so strong that you actually make contact with God. You've heard me say, God's part, his part. This is your part. This is your part where you mean business with God, where you're serious about God. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. That's a promise. That's not a suggestion. He said, he said, well, I don't feel God. 
He said, if you draw close to him, he would draw close to you. That's what he said. I can tell you this. You can't have God outside of your reach. Don't let that happen. Make sure that you're close enough that he's in your reach. That you're fixed. Your mind is fixed on him so you're not double-minded as it was stated earlier where our minds are renewed by him. David, David was real about this in the Bible in Psalm 66. If I regard iniquity in my heart, that's if I cherish iniquity, if I prioritize evil, if I hold to wickedness, if I have sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. He won't listen to me. We've got to be clean before God. We've got to make him priority. We've got to have him renew our mind. We've got to have our mind on him. There's some people who come in church and their mind is on him and they walk out the door and forget about him the rest of the week. Let that not be so among us. Let thoughts of him captivate your mind so that you're thinking about him. And when you're tempted, do not block him out. Ask for his help. When we truly hunger for him, we make sure that he's a priority. We draw close to him, and he draws close to us. And then we actually touch God. We touch God. We tell him who he is to us. We live for him. We represent him. We're used by him. Holy Spirit is one anointing, but it manifests in many different ways. I want to encourage you today, let the Holy Spirit come and manifest any way he wants. Say, so, well, I got all my apples stacked up in this cart. Let him tip that thing over. Well, these are just precious and dear to me. No, it doesn't matter. What matters is him. That's what matters. That's what matters. And when we do that, when we prioritize him, when we draw close to him, when we touch him, then our life gets changed. It just happens. Those needs that we had, remember, back in the beginning of the message, healing, deliverance, all of those. Remember those, all those needs? When he comes and he changes our life, the answer will come, the healing will come, the glory will come, the presence of God will come, salvation will come, victory will actually come to you. He'll cause you to triumph. But we've got to make him priority. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want you to 
Just look for, at your own life for just a few moments. I want you to assess your priority list. I don't know how you've ranked things in your life. It's between you and God. I'm simply telling you that he needs to be at the top. And he's actually willing to help you put him at the top. His word says that he puts his desires in us. Of course, you have to lay your desires down and embrace his desires so that you can embrace everything that he has for you. Some of our desires hinder him from fulfilling his plan, full plan, for each one of us. And so as I was driving to church this morning, I was praying as I normally do. And I told him that I wanted every desire that he had for me so that I could fulfill everything that he has for me. And I said the same for heart of the Father. We're not just here doing church. We have an assignment by him to fulfill. And we're in the process of doing it. And the more that we yield to the Holy Spirit, he actually leads us in that plan. And it comes to pass. So we don't strive. We don't fight against it. We yield to it. And then it's a joy to actually be used by him. The tent of miracles is coming. They feel called to come and do it here in Lakeland. Do I understand it all? No. I'm sure there's more to this story than I know. But I thank God for it. And I want to be a part of it. Of his plan. But what about the plan that he has for you? How are you doing with that? Are you serious about God? Are you serious? Do you just talk about it or do you actually live it? We, see, we all need his help. All of us. Let's pray together. Father, pray with me in your heart. Father, we come to you as a people, as a body, but we come individually. The day's coming when we stand before you by ourselves. My mom and dad won't come with me. My wife won't come with me. It's just me. I'll give an account for what I've done in this life. And so each of us, we come to you, Father, and we just ask you to help us. We ask you to stir that hunger within us. We ask you to help us make you a priority. We ask that there would be no other thing that would be above you, above our walk with you, above our serving you, above our loving you. Let there be no other lovers in our lives in comparison to the love that we have for you. God, we know that we're in a process, but we need your help in the process. We want your help 
in our process. So we just ask you now. We ask you now. We take a moment before we take communion. We search our hearts. God, if there's anyone that we haven't forgiven, we ask you to help us to forgive and to release. We release. Yes, it's painful. Yes, what they did was wrong. Yes, they betrayed us. Yes, it wasn't right. But we give it to you. We forgive. And we look at Jesus who forgave us of our sins. Made a way on the cross for the forgiveness of sins. And we ask you to forgive us of our sins. Even forgive us where we didn't put you at the top of our list. Forgive us where we tried to live our life on our own, by our own strength. Yeah, we've got to do our part. But forgive us where we didn't yield to you and let you help us and let you do your part in our lives. Where we didn't participate with what your plan was. Forgive us where we've messed up. Forgive us where we allowed situations to be larger than you. Forgive us where we spent more time thinking about our problems and our needs instead of you, the source. Forgive us. Let us truly be committed to you. Not only in here on Sunday mornings, but every day of the week, regardless of where we are, whether we're at work or in publics buying cabbage or at school. Let us be submitted to you, Holy Spirit. Be led by you. Do a work. Touch your people today. Do something inside of us where our lives are changed. We're hungry for you. We want you. We embrace everything that you have. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to join us on a Sunday morning or other weekly gathering, know that you're more than welcome. And if you'd like other resources on or about this ministry, or for any deeper questions you may have, be sure to visit our website at hotfmlakeland.com.